Hello and welcome to the Mental Health Gaming Podcast. It's all been calm here. There's been no panic just before we start recording. Um, but someone who's always calm, even in a pressure situation, it's Stu. How are you doing, Stu? Uh, I'm being calm in a pressure situation. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it was life and death. Yeah. But I mean, my, my mic kind of fell off its stand a little bit and I had to put it back. Yeah. No. Oh, it's terrible. It's the worst thing I ever heard. But, you know, we're know. over it now. No lives were lost. Well, these ER doctors have it easy. They do. They do. They take the Michael. Yeah. Um, there's not enough medical games about. Not anymore, no. There was a there's a flurry of them at one point. Well, the best one was Trauma Center on yeah. the DS. I love that game. Yeah. And talking of games, seamless segue. What have you been playing, Stu? Hey, you did the thing with the segue again. <laughs> so, yeah, I've, I've been playing a couple of things. I've played uh, R-Type Final 2, which we talked about last week. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, it's really hard to sort of be objective about it. I suppose I kind of I, I started looking back and realizing that I'm kind of like a one of those guys who goes on about them remaking like a TR7 car or something, or you know a particular <laughs> type of brand of watch from the sixties. Just you know what, having something that is obsolete and you know, perfectly fine in and of itself, but you are the only audience for it, which is a bit weird and made me feel a bit old. As a game, yeah, it's 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 all right. It's quite good. I it's a weird series, our type. I mean, I love it to death, but it had this amazing bell curve of good to bad. It kind of it started off good with the first game, and then the sequel was like a one point five version. Basically, came out like a year later, I think. Yeah, yeah, and the the third one, well, it, it all gets convoluted and weird about what came out next. But the best ones were R Type Leo, which is arcade only, and which mixed up the formula quite a lot. And then the next best is uh, after that was R Type Three on the SNES, which used a load of Mode Seven effects, so it had some really nice scrolling levels in scrolled in all sorts of odd directions. Then R-Type Delta on the PlayStation, yeah, which was really good. It you know it carried over bring, having several ships that you could choose from, and each one really changed up the gameplay. And it had some into the screen stuff, and it had really good ups, up up and down levels, you know, vertical travel and all that kind of stuff. And then R-Type, and there was like a oh, seven-year gap until R-Type Final, which was. I, it's like it was such a swerve. It's like as if the latest FIFA came out and it was about Zidane's childhood and was in 1970s style video or Pele's Road to Brilliance and it was in sepia. Cause that would be better than any FIFA game that's out now. <laughs> well, yeah, true. Or, Just before you guys, they said that um, there was on the Wii, there was an NHL game that was based around um, Wayne Gretzky growing up from child to biggest hockey star ever that done that so yeah yeah i mean it, it can be done and it can be done well and it was it was okay it was done okay with with our type final but you know not brilliant so the big thing about it that was the best thing about it is that there were 100 ships to unlock and it, basically it was a bit like um it was a garage like you know gran turismo so you know you'd have your porsches and your ferraris and your 
your Fords and all of that, and they'd make up the classes. And then within each class, there were hierarchies. So you'd have a, for, you know, like a, a Porsche 928 and a Porsche 926. It's the same thing, but with R type ships, basically. Yeah. And some had really good variants, and some of them were just copy and paste. But that was the big thing. So the new one's good. It's very similar to our type final, but better. It still doesn't rank anywhere near as good as the, the best games in the series. Uh, but the biggest disappointment is that, yes, it has a, a museum with 100 ships that you can unlock. I've unlocked about 20 so far. But they're all the same ships as the last game. And that kind of feels a bit redundant and as if they're just kind of, kind of coasting. Oh. So it, they're good, but so far nothing new with that side of it. But the rest of it, as I say... Perfectly okay, seven out of ten. It's a weird one, isn't it? When it's not quite hit the heights that you're expecting, but you can still play a genre and a game, especially in that genre that you that you like on a modern system. So, yeah, I suppose the benefits almost outweigh the the disappointments. Yeah, yeah, it's perfectly fine. It's like driving a top of the range Vauxhall or something. You know, not to criticise Vauxhall. My dad worked for Vauxhall. Um, but, you know, it, it's never going to hit the heights, but it does what it does perfectly well. So Yeah, it's, it's not a McLaren, is it? Or no. anything like that. It's, it's, but it's... And it's not a 1980s larder at the same time, you know? No. But no, that's fair enough. I, 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 it's one I'm, I'm intrigued to try at some point. Um, and I think we, we've got, we share our Steam library, so I can, I can dig it out and have a go. Yeah, nick it. Um, because... <laughs> Yeah, well, I'm I'm the ultimate voice on these shoot 'em up games and SCGs and and stuff like that. No, <laughs> yeah. STDs, I'm an expert in. Sorry, that's my bad. Yeah, I know. I'm still on the uh, penicillin from the last time. <laughs> You've been to the gum clinic again. <laughs> you got it. Um, so I mean, I've been playing. Well, I can see again really well. So I'm on. I'm playing catch up on a lot of stuff. So I'm gonna do. I think I'll do two at a time with these games and I'll, I'll keep it really short so the first game i've been playing um, i thought it was out but it seems to still be in early access and there doesn't seem to be many people playing it but it's festival tycoon on steam and as the title suggests it's a tycoon game based around festivals uh, like music festivals and stuff like that not harvest festivals that'd just be a weird game um, probably in christian steam you might get Harvest Festival Tycoon, but then you couldn't do tycoons out of it. But anyway, all the usual trappings of a tycoon game, you select where you put certain things um, to try and get like, you know, the best um, people walking through to get to get where they want to go. You book the best bands and make sure they've got all the amenities they need. And then you set the prices or things like that. You'll get feedback on whether it's enjoyable and always all the usual things you'd expect with like a, a roller coaster tycoon, uh, planet coaster, planet zoo, theme hospital, all, all things like that. It's got all those trappings in. So far, it's it's adequate. If we're doing car analogies, it's a Volvo. It keeps things very safe. It doesn't do anything spectacular, but there's nothing wrong with it at the same time. Yeah, just a perfectly adequate game. I'm interested to see where it goes. It is literally, it's done all the tick boxes of a tycoon game and done them all adequately. Um, not much else to say, really, on that one. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Because there's very few really bad games these days. Mm. Like, there are almost none, even your smallest indie developer. And I suppose, you know, mostly because 
they can use a set of tools you know they can they can grab a load of middleware and it means that they're not gonna make something that you know the main character falls through the floor every two minutes or you know flies off into the sky when not supposed to or you know the guns don't fire we leave that to the eas and ubisofts of the world ironically yeah yeah but yeah no but you get a lot of a lot of you know middle of the road kind of it's all right kind of games at the same time i suppose yeah Mm. I, i mean with this one it lacks i don't want to say it lacks polish that sort of thing it's got a really nice style to it um but things like i think with games like this they live and breathe or live and die sorry on their ui because the ui is vital to a, a tycoon game and that needs a little bit of work at parts i find it a bit awkward to get through it's a little bit convoluted in places but again there was nothing i could point out and go oh that was bad but it's not just average either it's, again it's just really weird and again it's why i I can't do review scores myself anymore because I couldn't give this a score because it's not great, it's not bad, but it's not average either. It's kind of it's its own thing, um, and I will. But I'll, I'll give more of it a go. But I'm not. It's not pulling me back like other games that I've been playing have been. Yeah, fair play. So what was the other one? You said you were going to do two at a time. Yes. So the next one I'm going to talk about is a game called Ashwalkers which is a uh, really out of my wheelhouse, by the way. It's a post-apocalyptic survival game, which has crafting and survival mechanics in it um, and a non-linear narrative and all things like that. And it's it's not the sort of game I usually get on with. As soon as it has any kind of crafting in it or anything like that, I I kind of go, oh, no, it means I've got to manage meters. That's not how you survive. But with this... It's got a couple of interesting hooks, and I might delve more into this on a, um, a a written article or video or something like that. Um, it's basically got 34 different endings um, is the big hook they've got to it, and uh, every choice you make is meant to be definitive and has an effect on what outcome you will get. Uh, but it, it, it sells itself that it's not just A or B decisions either, which is really good. And then you get a party that's with you and you have to keep, obviously keep them safe as best you can. But it deals with things like their physical and their mental health. This is where I kind of want to spend more time with it to see what I actually think. I don't think it does it as well as it needs to. And it's treating mental health as a mechanic in a similar way to Darkest Dungeon, but not as subtly as Darkest Dungeon does it. It almost seems to be taking a hammer to the mental health idea and so like, look at us, we're, we're, we're doing it this way. But then I feel I might be doing an injustice. There's all kind of relationships and the world is falling apart around everyone. It's based around like there's a volcanic explosion or something. I, I, I'll try to remember back exactly what it was, but it's like a volcanic explosion and that causes the, the end of the world, so to speak. And it's got a really good look. It's kind of almost, um, I had to check this to make sure it wasn't my vision because it looked like my vision was going again when I was playing it. It's kind of got like a volcanic ash overlay to everything, which makes everything very muted, which is how my vision was um, a short while ago when it was almost back, but I was having struggling with like different shades of things. Yeah. Uh, but it, it's got 34 different endings. And what I really like, it's not one of those games that goes, oh, look at all these endings we got in this 40-hour-per-run campaign type thing. A couple of hours each run um, that you do. And it's not 
it's not roguelike or anything like that in nature. But you just you approach it again and again in different ways to see what ended you can get. And it's got a decent narrative. I was really happy with the narrative in it. And I've been through twice on it. Um, so I, again, I, this one is drawing me back. I do want to go back and play more of it before I really dive into what I really think about it. But so far, really, again, what's the word? It's not enjoyable, but it is enjoyable because of the subject matter. It's not one I'm going, oh, this is a great, lovely, feel-good game. But it, it just... It, it's pulling at me in the right way. Yeah, compelling, it sounds like. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Oh, cool. Yeah, sounds good. The next one I've been playing is a, a game called Glyph on the Switch. Mm. And, yeah, it's a... Well, the d- reductive way would be to call it Super Monkey Ball. So, yeah, I'm going to call it Super Monkey Ball. It's basically Super Monkey Ball. Uh, but it's slightly different. Um, there's some good good little changes to it to stop it just being like a you know marble madness or super monkey ball or any balance of spherical object on a flat surface type of a game the main one being that it's got uh, deliberately floaty physics so imagine like halo you know which is deliberately set on worlds where the, the gravity is lower yeah and it's like that so you need to use some tricks like being able to hover a little bit, uh, using a direct dash downwards in midair type move. And yeah, you're just a ball that moves around an environment and solves little puzzles. Another wrinkle with Monkey Ball, and this probably got used in the sequels, but I never really played any of those. Some are obstacle courses, so just get from point A to point B and you get graded on how fast and how many collectibles you catch along the way. And some are just big puzzles. um, And so you, you can do them in... You can do it in any kind of order, but you just have to collect certain things and open up certain things. And basically, it's a kind of floor... The floor is lava kind of dealio as well. So, although it's sand, but if you touch the sand, you explode. So, there's loads of uh, little platforms buried in the sand and you have to hop between them and or, you know, go over these little narrow passageways uh, to avoid it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've... I've well, I was going to say I've not played much of it, but I guess I've done about three big missions and a few side quests. Mm. So quite a bit. And um, yeah, I, so far, it's not my type of game at all, really, but even I kind of like it. I think it's quite good. And if anyone's into that sort of thing, I would highly recommend it. So here's the thing. The second you started describing that game, I had regret in giving you the code. <laughs> ah, yeah. When I talk about my favourite games, these never make my my list. But if I tell you now three games I absolutely adore, and one of them is Super Monkey Ball, um, that's the obvious one. And the others might not have got as much attention, and some people even actively dislike one of them. The other one is Cooler World, which is on the PS1. Absolutely love the puzzle aspects of that game. Um, I've had that on PS1. I used to play that on my PS2. I've had the... uh, the uh, PS1 digital download version for the Vita and stuff. I pirated it at some point as well when I couldn't find it anywhere to play on some emulation thing. Absolutely adore Cooler World. And the other one was on the Wii and it was Corrin Rimper, which was Super Monkey Ball, but he used the uh, the nunchuck, not the nunchuck, the actual Wiimote, sorry, as a way of balancing and stuff like that. And I absolutely adored that. Um, those two, Cooler World and Coral Rimper, were both flawed. But now I've given you that one, I'm gutted. I love marble balancing games. <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, you made a real error there then. <laughs> I don't think it's going to be... Need, we need the meme, the gif of, um, of Will Arnett uh, from in Arrested Development going, I've made a huge mistake. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> but yeah, no, I think it's um, I think it's going to be reasonably priced, so you should be all right. Although yeah. free is always better. <laughs> yeah, I might, I, might, I might see if I might chance my arm go back to the, um, the PR company and go, excuse me, can I have another one, please? Give it a go. You never know. <laughs> but if it is that sort of thing, I know I'm going to like it, so I might pick it up anyway. But like Marble Blast Ultra, I love that as well. Um, there's something about ball rolling mechanics that's just so satisfying. I generally, I've got no interest in it at all. I just find it frustrating. Monkey Ball, I was like, oh yeah, this is great for about five levels. And then I was crying with frustration <laughs> after it and throwing the putt away. I'm not playing this anymore. Like that, you we'll know? talk about so. Monkey Ball another time in more detail. But Super Monkey Ball is the epitome of genius game design because you only need anyone can play it because you need one input and that is it you use the analog stick that's chef's kiss brilliance other games are trying to get a bit more complicated with jump buttons and stuff like that original super monkey ball absolutely nailed it yeah yeah to be fair you're right i'm always yeah. right we know this of course yeah sorry <laughs> What was I thinking? Apart from those times I'm wrong, <laughs> which is usually when I'm talking to low. Oh, well, well, you know, that's fine. We'll let you off. So what else have you been playing then with your new eyesight? With my new eyesight. Um, so one of them <laughs> is called Silicon Dreams. Unsurprisingly, it's a small indie title by Clockwork Bird at a company who made it. Never heard of them. Um, the game sort of kind of dropped on my lap out of nowhere. But again... It kind of pushed the right buttons for me. It's a, uh, a basically a narrative-driven investigation game set in a sci-fi world. There's something very Blade Runner-esque about it. Um, it's like it's got a cyberpunk aesthetic, a good cyberpunk aesthetic, not the crap one that was a AAA title. You know, um, again, the indies proving they can do the things that the big companies can't. Ooh, laying the smack <laughs> down there. Um, hey. Bit rough around the edges, not going to deny that. I think the artwork in it is, I don't, I don't want to say amateurish because it's its still someone's own vision, but there seems to be some influences of flashback in there um, with the art style to a degree. It's kind of almost got this, remember flashback had that, it, was, it wasn't cell shaded, but it was like kind of flat but 3D looking at the same time. It's had that really yeah. interesting style that I don't think anyone's ever really done much with. It's kind of got that style to it. It's not a platform or anything, but you kind of go through the game and it's just not quite a visual novel. It, it is more freedom than that, but you have to interrogate certain suspects to find out um, what's actually going on. So a lot of probing um, and pushing people to find out if they're lying. Um, and you kind of have to read what they're saying. You have to even try and sort of like put emotions into it. It's not just, oh, black and white, here's this this bit. It seems to have taken the mechanic from um, L.A. Noir. But instead of going, all right, yeah, look, let's remember the meme with that and how bad it was with the actual thing you wanted to do and then you'd shout at them when you're trying to reassure them. It's kind of taken that whole mechanic but nailed it really, really well. A few hours worth of gameplay there, a really intriguing story, which I'm not going to ruin for anyone because if you do play it, it's, oh, yeah, it, it, it draws you in. 
I went from wanting to give it a go to I think almost sort of like going almost one sitting with it. Absolutely sublime, and you can pick it up for just over a tenner as well. You know, it's I don't know, it's almost some Phoenix Wright-ish stuff in there. It seems even like even that it seems a bit cleverer than Phoenix Wright in terms of the interrogation stuff that goes on. Um, very simplistic in in certain ways, but uh, yeah, I just really liked it. Really, really liked it. Oh, nice. I I really enjoyed the the Phoenix Wright games, but I was rubbish at them. Uh, just I don't know it, the way my brain works yeah. kind of doesn't work, and it doesn't work with that. Bit more successful with Professor Layton. You know, I would often sit there for a three, four, five days thinking about a puzzle and eventually get to the right conclusion but yeah no i i I, yeah um i could not be a detective i was not very good at those but no they are good games again and and it's one of those where i like doing a little a little clap for people who enjoy them and who are good at them because i they make me smile even though i don't like them myself but you know yeah and it's i mean what i will say again with this it's almost as though the developers, or the, the writer at least, I don't know, whoever, whatever, whoever's in this team, if it's a multi-person team, they've watched Blade Runner, they've watched the Will Smith vehicle, iRobot, and they've read, I'm going to get the Isaac, 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 Anisimov, is it? I'm butchering that, who writes the... Asimov. Yeah, yeah, the three laws of robotics anyway. Um, yeah. yeah, ADHD brain. They're, they're kind of taken all that in and gone with it because again there's like this android thing and what you do with these androids will decide whether they live or die and it's kind of very much it has that mm. feel but it doesn't feel like someone's just gone oh i've seen that and that's what we're gonna do it you can tell it's influence but not aping it which is brilliant again great to see someone doing it again not perfect but the love and attention that's there makes me really enjoy what was there Nice. Yeah, good stuff. And finally, from me for this week, in terms of new games I've been playing to play catch up, is a game called Hitchhiker. Now, which I am visually confused with another game that's coming soon that's quite similar, where you're, like, you're on a long road journey type thing. Um, but this is a, it's a story-driven mystery game, Hitchhiker. And it's published by Versus Evil. Uh, I can't remember who the developers are, but Versus Evil generally have a, a decent record of stuff they put out. So I was like, yep, yeah, I'll give it a go. The artwork and it looks lovely. But basically, you're, you play a hitchhiker. Um, Kel, surprise. And as you're going along this, this journey, um, you're talking to people and you're learning about your own your own past, your own story. And what I would say is, it's almost along the lines of the Sam Barlow stuff. So um, her story and telling lies where you're not having direct puzzles that you need to solve or anything like that, but it's left a bit up to interpretation, listening to what the people are talking about between themselves, what's being, uh, what emotions are being conveyed and kind of coming to your own conclusions to a degree. Um, but it's just something just loving about the game. The relationships, the focus on that feels real in a way. It's very nuanced in the way it does things. Um, It doesn't ever go, oh, look, we're doing mental health. But there's elements of that. So you get very emotionally invested 
it does all like the usual things you get. So you get to hear conversations or you see emotions that base around, you know, um, love, death, and all things like that that are in there. So I don't want to say, again, too much because I don't want to ruin it for anyone that wants to jump in. But it feels very full of life, very organic in places. And the atmosphere, it's just dripping with atmosphere considering you're just sat in a car. And that's the whole time he's just sat in this car as a passenger. And it's almost a hands-off experience. But yet, despite being hands-off, it's so much more involving than other like adventure games where you've got loads and loads to do. Um, again, it wasn't the game I thought it was, which initially made me go, oh, well, that's not the game it is. That's a bit disappointing. But within a few minutes... Yeah, absolutely wonderful. And there is some environmental stuff that you do need to do, but it's it, it doesn't rely on that. It's just enough to break up the game a little bit um, and make sure you're still invested. But I honestly, I can't say more or anything more positive about it. It's a wonderful, wonderful experience. Um, and I think it's a little over a tenner on Steam. I don't know if it's out on anything else, but yeah. If you like narrative games that are full of emotion, just get on this. Give it, give it some, you know, some airtime. Let people know about it because it is wonderful. What was that one called again? Sorry, Hitchhiker, a mystery game. Right, nice. I think sometimes there's that thing where, when you set yourself a restriction, so you know, a, a, one little tiny geography, you know, little place that the characters are not allowed to leave, you, that can really drive the imagination and bring out the best in the writer and uh, it sounds like that's kind of what's happened there yeah 100% I mean you look at I think some of the best episodes on TV of like Breaking Bad and things like that were the uh, was it the bottle episodes they call them um, where they're they're pretty much sat in the same room and it's just the two actors that are in there bouncing off each other I think they're some of the more fascinating things and with the incredibly disappointing finale to Line of Duty, what I loved about the series before that was when they'd done these really long-form police interviews just in the room that were gone for about 15, 20 minutes because they're not rushing and stuff. like. And there's something about this game, there's no rushing about it. It's, it's all very slow-paced. But by the time you're done, you're like, wow, where did that go? You just you just lose all track of time with it, and yeah. yeah, absolutely brilliant, absolutely brilliant. And some of the characters you meet are wonderful, some are assholes, but it's all part of their personality. They're designed to be assholes, and they're not they're not annoying. Like, oh my god, I hope this character goes. You're like, God, you're you're a dick, but you still want to be in their presence because it's just fascinating, and it'll be a shame if this doesn't get any traction. Um, it deserves traction. It deserves recognition because it is an absolutely outstanding piece of writing brought into a game and, yeah, absolutely wonderful. Yeah, we we haven't had a, a big long-form discussion for a while, but I think one over the crowdedness of the marketplace is probably overdue because it's, it's getting to a, a, really, a really bad point now. Yeah. You know, we had a quick talk about it a few weeks ago about how, you know, stuff... It needs to be curated. Um, I think it really does because if something like this went by the by, then that would be really disappointing and really unfair. And it it can get to the stage where, you know, things miss their window and that's kind of it because so much stuff's just piled on top. 
So, yeah. I, I think it's less of an issue now we, in, in the indie scene, even though it's like very saturated. You, you know, people self-regulate the absolute dross. So I think the likes of the hunting grounds or whatever it was called, where it is just asset flip material. I think those days ago, people know how to avoid those. And unless it's something like an Among Us or a Fall Guys where you've got to be there for the online side of it, I actually don't think it matters now if you discover this game this month or in two years' time. Um, what I would like to see with these is they get steady sales over the years rather than just massive sales in the first couple of weeks and then that's it. Um, so, you know, I think there's pros and cons to it. Yeah. There is oversaturation, but, uh, you know, self-curation is important. But one thing I've learned, you don't need to play absolutely everything. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm a hypocrite and I, I, I've got a problem where if someone makes an indie game, I want to at least give it a try. <laughs> um, um, so, yeah, I, I, I have a problem. Well, of course you do, and we there are, you have several, but we haven't got time to go through them no. all. But um, yeah, no, it's uh, if you're gonna have a kind of I'm gonna dip into this, I'm gonna dip into that kind of a mentality, then doing it with indies is the best way to do it because uh, they're the shortest, <laughs> basically, generally, yeah, um, and the cheapest. But uh, yeah, if you do that with the bigger games, it, it can be a bit more, uh, yeah, a bit pointless and expensive. But, None um, of these games are asking all... for 100 plus hours of your time. Um, and that's what I love. I mean, again, Hitchhiker, I can't remember how many hours it was. Um, but I, I was able to get through it. And I, I'm a big believer you don't need to complete every game. Um, as soon as you feel yeah. bored with it, leave. Um, but these last, I mean, as I said, I'm going to go back to Ash Walker's. I loved Silicon Dreams. And I absolutely adored Hitchhiker and got to the end of, or, you know, all of them technically. So. Cool. Um, yeah. Have you got any more games, or I just want to get sort of just my last big one in, if you've got afterwards. Oh yeah, well I haven't actually got any games. There's a couple of things I wanted to mention, but no, you go for your last okay. one. So you know I love an indie game, Stu. Uh, I don't know if I've made that clear no, before. It's news to me. <laughs> um, so all these games I've just played, very nearly never got a look in because I've been playing Mortal Kombat 11. All um, oh, right, yeah, and. I'm going to do, the reason I'm only touching on this, I'm going to do something long form about this, whether it's a video, whether it's a written piece, I don't know. I don't know yet. Um, absolutely adore Mortal Kombat as a fighting series. I, I can't get on very well with Street Fighter, the Blaze Blue games, Guilty Gear, anything like that, because they're too overcomplicated. Um, Mortal Kombat, anyone can play that. Um, for, you know, in a way, it is the Super Monkey Ball fighting games where you just you get it and you can play it. Um, you don't need to, you know, a degree in combos to be able to to get it. Um, and for someone like me who does have ADHD and for years wondered why he couldn't understand the basics of fighting games, Mortal Kombat is brilliant because you can almost button mash, but you quickly go away from button mashing because it's so simple, the actual mechanics of it. Beautiful game, um, absolutely engulfed in the story mode. Again, great, have a story mode in a fighting game. It's, it feels almost unique in a way, but yeah, absolutely been hammering that in my spare five minutes here and there. Um, each chapter's like four fights long um, and probably about half an hour to play each chapter. And yeah, just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. But I'll talk more about that because I think it's a great ADHD game. 
<laughs> cool. Now, I really want to play uh, Super Monkey Combat now, with a K, obviously. Uh, yeah. Talking <laughs> um, of which, there's a brilliant moment. Have you seen, I'll tell you, have you, not, have you seen the film yet, the new film? Uh, no, no, I haven't. Uh, we actually have a genuinely good video game film. I don't care what anyone else says. Um, but there's a brilliant moment where there, there's a scene, uh, it's not spoiling anything, but there's the two characters, and I won't say who they are, um, are going, uh, talking about, she's trying to tell him about this um, this this thing that's going on in this other world. And she goes, and look, it's called Mortal Kombat. And he just went, who made that up? It's not even spelt right, which I thought was a lovely little touch, a lovely little touch to it. And it was fu- it was funny in that genuine way. It wasn't false hilarity. Um, but yeah, good film. Um, that's what put me back on my Mortal Kombat kick anyway. Uh, watched the film, which was rather good. Fair play. Yeah, yeah. Look forward to hear, hearing more about that. I used to love uh, the very first Soul Calibur, um, which A, was again very accessible, and B, had a really good story mode. So, Soul yeah. Calibur, or was that the. Was it Soul Blade over here? Uh, yeah, so, Soul. Yeah, Soul Blade over here, Soul Edge in Japan. Yes, uh, and I played the yeah played the PlayStation version. That was pretty good. But yeah, the the Dreamcast one, Soul Calibur, was the uh, the best one. Yes, yes, absolutely. Yeah, so that just, was a really good game. Yes, yes, <laughs> a world of yes. Um, yeah, no. Just to finish off, uh, it's, it's not actually a game we've played, but um, it just made me laugh. Resident Evil Village, so Resident Evil Eight, <laughs> is everywhere. Yes. Like it's it's you uh, know all over the the gaming news. It's just it's everywhere. I turned on thing. YouTube this morning. All there was was just like Resi Eight. Every every thumbnail was Resident Evil. <laughs> God, exactly. Reviews have dropped. <laughs> have they? Yeah. All oh, right. Oh, yeah, right, that's why it is. No, is everyone's playing it and doing their, their, the the embar- whatever the embargo was is over. So yeah. Ah no, because what I was going to say was you see that every everything every bit of content I've seen about it has been like. Oh, I can't believe the demo is time limited. Oh, I can't believe that you have to go on at a certain time. Oh, why have they done this? Well, you know, oh, da, 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 da. and it's like, you morons, can't you see why they've done it? Every single person is talking about Resident Evil 8 yeah. is the only thing in the news. So they've their marketing has been absolutely peerless over this game. So yes. <laughs> hats off to Capcom for that one. It's just a shame, apparently, the game isn't particularly peerless, though. <laughs> do you know that's really weird I've not seen a review um, I watched the DF uh, the Digital Foundry breakdown of, of the demo at lunch when I was on lunch today and I watched. I was watching the, the gameplay and I was like this doesn't look very good so it looks like I nailed it yeah it's, uh, it's how, how to put it really it's not that it's my understanding of it, and again, I will try and play this down the line at some point. It's not that it's not very good, but I think Resident Evil, no, Resident Evil, Resident Evil Seven, <laughs> Resident Steven. Resident. Oh, got a podcast title name. There we go. <laughs> this Resident week. Steven. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, I've lost my chain of thought now. Yeah, Resident <laughs> Evil Seven was such a, a new thing. It felt like in a tired old sits like genre series. It just was a breath of fresh air. And I don't think, you know, people, I think, just built up Resident Evil 8 so much in what they expected it to be. And I don't think it's hit those heights. And I don't think that's the developer's fault. Again, I think that's um, hype trains coming off the rails a little bit. But again, that's speculation on my part because I've not played it yet. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to go off and read the reviews. But yeah, no, I am. 
I loved the the old style Resi games, and I loved Resident Evil Four for different reasons. But if you had to, if you you know put a gun to my head and said, well, which style do you want to play the most? Uh, it would be the original style because it was just more to my taste, which didn't mean that the other one wasn't you know amazing because it is and you and i played resident evil 5 which is the new style Hmm. and resident evil 7 again i thought it was good but it wasn't really for me you know it just didn't click in the same way so i'm not surprised that if 8 isn't quite as good thematically or you know mechanically as 7 that, that it's got slightly lower scores to be honest if it wasn't called resident evil if it was called you know steven gets stuck in an house or something like that and then oh my god steven's stuck in a village as a brand new series then i i think it would be much much better it's i mean i've said this before sometimes you're shoehorning something into a, 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 a series that doesn't need it do something new create a new ip with it and, and go from there which i suppose you know for capcom it's tough because the name is probably what drove sales of seven to a degree but i i, I don't know i enjoyed seven wasn't scary there's something broken in me because Outlast wasn't overly scary. Resident Evil 7 wasn't scary. I know, I know people can't cope with it. Um, I mildly got affected a little bit by the PT demo, um, but not as badly as other people went on about it. Um, so, yeah, I'm broken inside somewhere. Yeah, there's something wrong with you. But no, we, um, we... Don't put clowns in, though. That that would terrify Really? You got, you got clown fear? Yeah. Ah, right. I was yeah. more scared by it than I was any other horror film. Ah, I bet you don't like that bit in Poltergeist with the, what's it called, the toy clown then? Nope, nope. The rest of the film, fine. I even got scared by, do you know the film FX? Yeah, Murder by Brown Illusion. Brown in it yeah. and, yeah. <laughs> and um, uh, Brian Dennehy. I know it. I got scared by that because it had a clown, an animatronic clown in it at some point. It did. <laughs> I had to turn it off. I mean, I can't remember how old I would have been when I watched it, like 12 27. or something like that. <laughs> and I had to turn it off because I got scared by the clown. Oh, that's um, great. Oh, yeah. But yeah, and Nightmare on Elm Street, that's the only other one because it takes place in your dreams and um, stuff can mess with your head in your dreams and cause stuff to happen. Any other horror film, absolutely fine. No issues. So what did you want to talk about? Segway. <laughs> well, no, that was it. It was Resident Evil, uh, Resident Evil 8 and how Capcom played an absolute blinder so even if it's complete gack they'll have, they'll be selling tons of copies off the, the back of their superior marketing strategy oh yeah uh, what, this, see this is the thing this is the beauty also I suppose of like uh, Game Pass and Humble and stuff like that they will once sales die down of that it's a big enough title they stick it on Game Pass they stick it on Humble PlayStation Now whatever and they get the cut of those prop whatever they're given for it being on there and it's a massive draw because microsoft are going to be like yeah we'll take that that's a great selling point to get more subscriptions and things like that so um it's one of those titles i think as much as i was saying i think it should be it's um a a new ip just the name resident evil is going to be enough to draw people into those services and play those games i think capcom are gonna just you know they're gonna rake in the money on that one yeah completely yes um, so we are keeping it a bit shorter today because Stu has a life now. He has to go to work. I know, it's not fair, is it? No, so we kind of have to sort of fit these in as best as possible. Um, 
just want to point out before I pass the show to go, me and Edith have started streaming. At the moment, we're going to try and do Wednesday afternoons. And <laughs> the stream was meant to be me talking about the future of the site and what we wanted to do. It ended up turning into the Edith show. Hey. <laughs> uh, um, so that'll be, that'll be on YouTube. You can get the highlights on Twitch. Um, do check it out um, and say hello to Edith. Leave comments, nice comments, because she is only four. Uh, um, but yeah, no, she's. Um, I think she's very much understands the whole YouTube thing because at one point she put both thumbs up and went, if you want to see me and my daddy stream Roblox next week, you better subscribe. Nice. Nice. <laughs> she, she covered all our promotion because she seems to know it. Get her begging for money again like last week. That was good. Yes. Yeah, well, we did get a new Patreon based off that. Did we? Well, nice. I'm assuming it's based off that, but Edith came on beg for money and yeah. I do it and we lose we lose we lose subscriptions, so I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, excellent. Um so yeah, I'm I'm done. Well not done, done. I'm done for the episode. Gonna be lots more writing on the site coming soon. Based I'm gonna do all my game writing is gonna be based around the ADHD side of things. Um as something a bit different. Um how I get enjoyment out of them with ADHD, how I struggle with some of them and all that kind of thing. That's gonna be a bit of a focus for a while for me because i want to bring the site back more into the mental health side of things as well so that's going to be my focus but we will still have the general game chat and uh, normal written articles it's not all going to be that so it will still have that balance <laughs> but when i look back at it when i got my site back i went oh we're kind of missing the mental health bit from the mental health gaming so i i need to get back to getting into that again cool yeah so that's it for another week Everybody, hope you have a good week ahead and have had a good week behind, if that makes sense. So, as usual, follow us in all the normal socials. Like and subscribe wherever you can. Join us on Patreon or pay for us to do stuff on coffee. Honestly, we don't spend it on meth anymore. The whole meth thing, that's done with. So, yeah, other than that, have a great week. Stay safe, stay sane and take care.